The White Sox avoided the sweep and beat the New York Mets on Thursday afternoon by a score of 6-2. to two. Michael Kopech rebounded from his collapse in Atlanta and benefited from some Sox run support right from the start. A legend paid a visit to the broadcast booth, and it's not a show unless there are potential trade scenarios to discuss. You are locked on White Sox. Your daily Chicago White Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome back to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Socks. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Socks. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore. A GGTV Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Our Chicago White Sox uh, will visit Minnesota, take on the Twins on Friday. Lance Lynn is on the hill. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. State of the Sox. 41 and 57, nine games back in that ever so forgiving AL Central. Uh, it was a day game on Thursday. It was the series finale. Uh, and Michael Kopech was on the hill against Jose Quintana. They did a bunch of that uh, trade stuff, you know, way back when at the beginning of the rebuild during the uh, NBC Sports Chicago pregame. Uh, tough to watch. Uh, it's tough to watch when you think back uh, at the beginning of that situation in, in you know, fall, December 2016 uh, when Chris Sale left and then the following summer in 2017 when Quintana left and, you know, all the other assets that were moved around and, uh, you know, all the players that we got, all the promise. And here we are uh, with a Kopech against Quintana. Uh, matchup with the Sox, uh, you know, 16 games under uh, 500. Anyway, Michael Kopech, hey, he bounced back. Uh, you know, the bar was low. Uh, it was just a horrible outing in Atlanta uh, last Friday. And he has had a string of outings, uh, uh, five straight outings where he has not been able to go over five innings. So uh, on Thursday afternoon, uh, you know, it wasn't a, a, a jaw-dropping uh, performance uh, at all from Kopech, but a nice follow-up, uh, you know, from what happened in Atlanta. Uh, longest outing for Kopech since uh, June 4th. Uh, you know, and Kopech, you know, we talk about rebuild and, and all the trades, which we're going to get to, you know, more scenarios later in this episode. And Kopech is a guy I really see that's going to be in a White Sox uniform. Uh, for some time. I mean, sure, uh, anything's possible. I mean, any anybody uh, can potentially be traded right now. That's my belief. You know, I think they should be listening in on everybody. It's just, you know, whether teams want to take on contracts and, you know, what kind of trading partners do you have to deal with? What do they have to offer? Do we want that? 
this, that, and the other. But Kopech is a guy that I foresee that will be around for a little while. And, you know, when you start thinking about what the rotation in 2024 could look like, uh, you need a guy like Michael Kopech. That's why uh, Atlanta was so frustrating, you know, last uh, last week coming out of the All-Star break. I, I was uh, under the impression that this was going to be a real prove-it year for Michael Kopech. You know, he uh, was coming back from an injury, uh, ready to go. And, you know, I don't know. With this White Sox organization, who knows if he was absolutely healthy all the way uh, at the beginning of the year. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But, you know, there's a bit of a track record with this team. Um, it, it doesn't seem like there's a health issue with Kopech. It just seems with, you know, the lack of being able to repeat his motion, uh, you know, in between the ears a little bit, his emotions get uh, the best of him. And uh, he was uh, he was able to, you know, he bent a little bit, but he did not break on Thursday afternoon. And we need Michael Kopech. We need him to continue to get better and build off of this. Again, not an amazing outing on Thursday, but uh, it was nice to see. Uh, it really was. He struggled with command, uh, but he that did not beat him like it did uh, against Atlanta. You know, he got into a jam early and he was visibly frustrated, uh, but he did not implode. Again, something to build on. And I hope Ethan Katz and others remind him of that of, hey, you got yourself out of this jam. It was a difficult situation. There were moments where you weren't finding the strike zone. I think he had four walks, uh, which is not something you want in five and, and change. But again, hey, you didn't collapse. You know, you just didn't submit and give in to a very patient New York Mets team. Uh, I, I think it's an outing he can build on. Again, nice win for the Sox, you know. Uh, you don't want to get swept, but at this point, I I'm looking at player development, you know, I and again, with Kopech, that was good. He's a guy that I think is in the future plans for 2024, and I'm looking at at those types of players. You know, Aloy Jimenez came back, uh, you know, from his injury. He was in the lineup. He had a couple of hits. That was good to see. Uh, Sachs scored six runs without hitting a home run. Pretty effective with runners in scoring position. Good to have some momentum going into Minnesota because, again, uh, the Sox are nine games back of, of Minnesota, and uh, they're 16 games under 500. But I can't stand Minnesota. Can't stand the Twins. And uh, I, I want to see the Sox absolutely punish the Twins uh, this coming weekend. So uh, I'm looking at those those scenarios. At TA, you know, he had a couple of hits. He looked uh, much more comfortable uh, in New York, he's got that OPS up to 549, uh, but he looks more comfortable at the plate. Yeah, maybe we'll see that first home run uh, in Minnesota. For me, though, uh, watching this game, the highlight was absolutely that Paul Canerco was in the broadcast booth with Gordon and with Benetti for a few innings. Paul Canerco, I've talked about it on this podcast, talked about it on Good Guys Talk Back. Uh, my absolute favorite, my all-timer. Uh, it, it changed for a while. I was a big Carlton Fisk fan uh, growing up. I was a catcher in Little League, and uh, he was what we had, you know, as Sox fans. This was the guy. Uh, multiple All-Star games, and, you know, he was a fan favorite. And then Frank Thomas came along and quickly gravitated to Thomas. I was a Robin Ventura fan, uh, and, you know, Blackjack McDowell and, 
you know, a lot of other players that came through, but Paul Canerco uh, got to really experience uh, at, a, at a good age the entire his entire career and what he was able to do, uh, you know, and, and playing through pain and, and uh, all the different milestones. And uh, and they did right by him. Absolutely did right by him. Retired his number right away. Put the statue up right away. Uh, he is an absolute legend. Uh, I don't know about Hall of Famer. I don't know. I think Mark Burley's got a better chance down the road, but impressive numbers and uh, my absolute favorite. So that was a real treat uh, to see Paul Canerco uh, in the booth. Got to talk trading scenarios. Uh, I feel like I'm obligated uh, as one of the few teams. I shouldn't say few, but one of the handful of teams in baseball that everybody's talking about is going to be an absolute seller at the deadline. Got to talk about it because everyone else is talking about it locally uh, and nationally, this time from Jim Bowden uh, in the athletic. Uh, He matched the Chicago White Sox uh, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So uh, the targets, of course, Lucas Giolito, Kendall Graveman, and Tim Anderson uh, for L.A., Uh, This is what Bowden wrote. The Dodgers have the second best record in the National League, but they understand they're probably in a pennant race until the bitter end with the Diamondbacks and Giants and maybe even the Padres if they get hot. The Dodgers have a pressing need to improve their pitching staff, both the rotation and the bullpen. Uh, Their starters rank ninth in the A and the NL in collective ERA, and their bullpen ranks 10th. The Dodgers also could use an upgrade at shortstop. They are in obvious trade match with the White Sox, who have players to fit all three needs. Uh, Giolito will be a free agent after this season, and the White Sox are going to move him by the deadline. He struggled in his last outing against the Mets, allowing eight runs in three and two-thirds, but has posted a 3.96 ERA in 20 starts and has been worth 2.3 war according to baseball reference. He grew up in Southern California, so might also be willing to sign a long-term contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers in the offseason. Graveman, who is signed through 2024, would give the Dodgers another back-end type reliever. He's logged a 3.07 ERA in 42 appearances with eight saves and as many opportunities. The final piece that would make sense for L.A. is Tim Anderson, who's having a down year batting 231, 268, 271 with only 11 extra base hits and 313 plate appearances. However, a change of scenery might be what he needs. Last year, he hit 301 in 79 games and was a perfect 13 for 13 in stolen base attempts. Anderson has a $14 million team option for 2024. In return, Bowden wrote, the Dodgers could offer one of their top two catching prospects, a Diego Cartea or Dalton Rushing, as the headliner, along with one of their second base prospects, Yorbit Vivas or Rain Donkon, uh, and a starting pitching prospect such as Gavin Stone or Michael Grove. Other po- prospect combinations could work. The Dodgers system is so deep. Uh, There are many variations to make a deal like this work for both sides. Uh, I'm sure I've butchered a bunch of those names for the Dodgers, but the point is the Dodgers do have a ton to offer. One of the top farm systems, and if it wasn't any of those names, I've seen other trade scenarios with a bunch of other varieties and combinations, but there are a lot of 
Dodger White Sox matchups. It almost, I think it was Morrissey uh, who wrote about it, or, or it was Heyman recently. It almost makes too much sense that the Dodgers and White Sox do not make a deal uh, before the deadline. Michael Kopech's outing was serviceable, but a huge leap in the right direction from his last outing. It also uh, helps to get some run support. Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Our Chicago White Sox face off against the Minnesota Twins on Friday. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. So Sox, of course, avoided the sweep, beat the Mets 6-2 to two in New York on Thursday afternoon. Uh, Kopech against Quintana. Uh, looking at some quotes from Grafol and Kopech uh, pre- and post-game. This is what they said. Uh, the Mets are a patient club. They control the strike zone pretty well, uh, Grafol said prior to the finale. The key for Kopech's success is pounding the strike zone with his stuff. He's got great stuff. If he does that, I think he'll be fine. And that says it all right there, not only about uh, the series against the Mets, but about Kopech. We've all been saying that about Michael Kopech. Uh, he's got great stuff. If he could just put this all together, maybe you could even say that about the Chicago White Sox, especially uh, in spring training. Look at their lineup. They've got great players. If they could just put it all together uh, for an extended period of time, you know, anything's possible in this division. Well, getting back to Kopech, uh, you know, again, I think it's between the ears. Sometimes uh, he loses focus. His emotions get the best of him. Uh, but again, Mets are a patient team. We saw that uh, in the first two games. They took their walks. Uh, Sox pitching issued a lot of walks. Uh, and Kopech issued his walks too, but he didn't let him uh, hurt him in the way it did against Atlanta. Uh, I thought he was around the strike zone well on Thursday afternoon. And that fastball, that fastball's got some giddy up. You know, he overpowered a few Mets hitters just with that fastball. Uh, you know, staying in the zone, moving it around the zone a little bit in and out. Uh, a Kopech did attack early, getting first pitch strikes on the first six batters he faced. Uh, getting ahead of guys was the game plan all along, said Kopech, who struck out five but walked four, uh, throwing 89 pitches. Uh, today, I was able to execute that. Still a few too many free bases, but I let the offense do what they did. 
Uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't get a little tired towards the end. I kind of knew that was going to happen, Kopech said, because he doesn't, his outings last like four innings, five innings. Uh, but I was talking to pitching coach Ethan Katz and Pedro about it after I came out. Even being tired, this is the best I felt like I've been able to stay in my body. So to be able to do that and stretch out like I need to is key. Uh, that's an interesting point, and I guess it's uh, uh, it, good on Kopech for being so self-aware. Uh, man, I was kind of gassed, and, and he threw five and two-thirds, but when you're not used to going very deep in games, which he hasn't been for a while, his longest start since June 4th, I just feel like you know you, you haven't been able to stretch yourself out. It's the same thing with like a marathon runner. You know, when I've done some Chicago marathon training, Man, you stretch your runs out. You're, you're stretching your runs out till you get to about 20 miles, and then you come back down a little bit. Uh, but if you stayed at you know five miles or six miles, and that was your big run, man, when you hit the marathon and you're and you're past five, you're past six, you're getting to 10 miles. You're like, I'm not used to this. I haven't trained myself. I, I think it's a similar situation. You know, Kopech has not gone very deep in the game. So he was feeling it. He recognized that. Uh, hopefully he does not dip uh, below the five-inning mark anytime soon uh, down the line here. Uh, Kopech's final line, five and two-thirds, uh, two hits, one earned run, four walks, five strikeouts, gave up a home run to Omar Narvaez, uh, blast from the past. Kopech's ERA, 4.29. Uh, he's got... Uh, 89 pitches in the game. I believe Kopech gave up that home run to Omar Narvaez. I know I know Narvaez hit one. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was off of Kopech, which was really weird, especially when you saw Joey Cora, the third base coach uh, for the New York Mets, uh, giving him a high five. It was like just a multiverse of, of White Sox history. Uh, after Kopech, it was Bummer, Santos, Graveman. Uh, they allowed very little in their three-plus innings of work. Uh, Sox offense. Six runs, nine hits, uh, Grandal and Andrus each had a two-RBI game. Uh, Andrus with a triple. Jimenez, welcome back, Aloy Jimenez, two for four with an RBI. Uh, Colas continues to scuffle, but we always knew he was going to scuffle. That's the thing. This year was, I think, going to be a scuffling year. That's why when they sent him down, you know, after he was struggling, it was like, Hey, he's supposed to struggle in 2023. The problem is everybody else is struggling offensively. There's nowhere to hide. Let's throw Colas back down to AAA. You know, he mashes. They bring him up. You know, he's going to struggle with big league pitching. There is a difference. He has got to hit his way out of this, though. He's got to take his lumps, uh, and I hope they stick with him the rest of 2023 because I think he is the future moving forward, at least for next year, uh, out in the outfield. Uh, Grafol was asked Thursday about not getting the necessary winning streak needed to have a glimmer of hope. You're always thinking about the future, regardless of where you're at, he said. Uh, this is not a one-stop shop. Uh, we want to win this year, regardless of where we're at. Uh, you're always thinking about winning this year, setting yourself up for next year uh, in the following year. So speaking of next year, we know that the schedule has been released. I talked about it last week. Now the White Sox want your money. I'm sure you got an email. 
uh, about uh, season tickets, uh, plans going forward. And uh, I got that email in my inbox on Thursday morning from the White Sox, already pushing those 2024 uh, plans. I am sure any day now, my ticket rep, who is an amazing ticket rep, he will be sending me an email talking about re-upping for the 2024 year and, and when the financial deadlines are and when I need to get my money in and all that kind of stuff. Mm, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what. Uh, it, for a while there, it was just like, okay, you know, uh, here's my money. Take it. Uh, last year was a bit of a struggle, uh, but I was, you know, I, I knew they were going to move in a different direction and I was really hopeful. Now I just do not know. Um, you know, again, I, I cannot be burned again, uh, and I'm way. I'm almost like I am going to hold off on being too excited with this team. You know, hopefully there's stuff that happens in the off season. Hopefully they have a positive spring training. Hopefully whoever's managing, which I'm sure it'll be Grafol, will say all the right things. And you know, people are in the best health they've ever been in. We're going to be prepared. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You know, I'm not going to buy into it. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try not to buy into it. Uh, you know, I'll always have some hope, but after what ha has happened this this year, after the off season and everything, and, and what's happened the last couple of years, you got to wait to it, it's prove it. You know, I talk about Kopech having a prove it year. It's like White Sox, you prove it. You know, it, show me. So, it, but I know I have to have my season ticket money in well before that. You know, they want it in by. I mean, I think like November, December, you might be able to push it to maybe February. I think years ago you were able to. So uh, I don't know. Uh, but it was interesting to get that uh, that email already starting to talk about 2024. And I mean, if they asked me, hey, you got to have your money in by August 1st for your 2024 plan, I'd say, no, I'm out. Uh, it's It's been an embarrassment. Uh, I will still follow the White Sox. I will follow them like my life depended on it because that is just who I am. It's in my DNA, multiple generational White Sox fan. This is my team. I have no other team. Uh, but in terms of investing, you know, that money and, and even some of the time and everything, I don't know about that. Uh, you, you really lost me with this year. It's just a shame. Uh, what, what has happened to this organization. And I, I really need to see some change almost uh, before I fork over money for a 2024 plan. I got to see what direction you're headed in. And even then, I've got some doubts. Uh, let's talk a little uh, injury updates. This is updates on Clevenger and Hendrick's progress. This is from Grafol. Uh, Mike Clevenger threw the ball really good. Uh, he had three ups. His next outing is going to be 60 uh, we don't know yet where it's going to be. He felt good and he looked good. Uh, he was in the dugout uh, yesterday, uh, hamming it up with Michael Kopech. Uh, here's Liam. Uh, Liam, his velocity was up. I think it was 93.8, something like that. His high, uh, we'll see. He'll go in and talk to the trainers and we'll see what our next step is going to be. I'm glad he's going in to talk to trainers and not just tell Grafol, yeah, I think I'm good. I'm ready to go and Grafol puts him in. I, I hope there's an actual dialogue with trainers uh, with Liam Hendricks. Lance Lynn pitched well against the Minnesota Twins the last time he saw them in their ballpark. Uh, will this be the last start for Lynn in a White Sox uniform? Uh, more on that in a moment. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, White Sox in Minnesota. Uh, a very nice ballpark. If you had not uh, had the opportunity to get out there, I really liked it. 
Um, it's uh, kind of right in right downtown, right in a bustling downtown. There was a lot of construction, a lot of cranes, a lot of uh, development going on when I was there. Um, it was probably, uh, what, eight years ago, maybe something like that, seven years ago. Uh, but I, I very walkable, you know, to, to get to the stadium. Um, and uh, again, not a bad drive either. If, if you're looking to, to maybe cross off a ballpark and a weekend trip is always great. So uh, again, I hope the White Sox not only take care of business, but just punish the twins. I cannot stand the twins. Can't stand anybody else in the AL Central, but the twins, especially uh, Lance Lynn on the Hill on Friday. Uh, against those twins. Uh, he was a focus in Bowden's trade scenario article, matching Lynn up with the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, this is what uh, Jim Bowden had to say to win the NL Central and prevail in what looks like it will be an epic pennant, pennant race with the Brewers. The Reds must trade for a veteran starting pitcher who can provide innings at the back of their rotation. Uh, Lynn has a 606 ERA and 19 starts. However, he also has 133 strikeouts in 108 and a third innings. And a uh, and, and although the 36-year-old righty has been inconsistent, he's allowed three runs or fewer in three of his past five starts and has averaged more than six innings per start over that span. He is an intense competitor, but the asking price can't be more than a couple of mid-level prospects considering the Reds would be taking on close to $4 million of his remaining salary. Uh, Lynn has an $18 million option for 2024, $1 million buyout that is not expected to be picked up of regardless of where he's traded, whether it's to the Reds, uh, Rangers, Orioles, or anyone else uh, that's in play. Lance Lynn is 2-2 two and two with an ERA of 4.50 and 47 strikeouts in nine appearances against the Twins in his career. Lynn pitched against the Twins in Minnesota back on April 11th of this year. Six innings, seven hits, three earned runs, zero walks, 10 strikeouts. Sacks were just two and a half games back uh, in the division back on April 11th. Saturday, it'll be Dylan Cease. And then Sunday, as of right now, it is Lucas Giolito. Thanks so much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. We're on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Appreciate you passing that along to other Sox fans in your life. Sox take on the Minnesota Twins on Friday. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. And hey, everydayers, you know who you are. I do appreciate it so very much. Uh, on the next episode, I will recap the weekend that was for our Chicago White Sox. Hopefully be celebrating a White Sox sweep. I really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.